Now at 5, false alarm. What happened at Tesla's headquarters that caused panic this morning? And now three straight weeks of 100-degree-plus temperatures in the books. We'll have your weekend forecast coming up. And our one-on-one -on -one interview with Mayor Watson, what he's saying about other Texas city joining lawsuits against the bill called the Death Star by opponents, and whether Austin will do the same. First, though, it's one of the biggest problems facing Austin, affordability. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marin. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. A new first-of-its-kind project, though, is going to add more than 100 affordable homes to southeast Austin. KXAN's Sam Stark looks at who will get to move in. A quiet road for now, but by 2027, 126 homes will be built here. Every single one of them, much cheaper than you'll find in most places. Austin Habitat for Humanity Friday broke ground today on its most significant project to date, just a stone's throw away from McKinney Falls State Park. We've never done anything this size, and so this is a, a first for us. All the homes here will be earmarked for low to moderate income households. That means individuals earning 80% of the median income, which is a little over $33,000 a year. It is needed in in, in, the, in a city that's growing as fast as it is. It's in... in with little affordable housing. The average home price in the Austin Round Rock area has increased by 135% from 2012 to 2022, pricing many people out of the area. Habitat for Humanity hopes these homes will change that. They're out there, they're, they're working, they're super important people to our community, and we want to make sure that they have the option and the opportunity to own a house in Austin if they want to. City leaders celebrated not only what the new project means for the families over the next couple of years, but for generations to come. We are positioned to make a huge impact on home ownership, and we will do it. And hope that the project will not only provide homes, but also a community. But we're really looking forward to it, and, you know, we'll get done with it as fast as we can sell them, really. Sam Stark, KXAN News. And Habitat for Humanity tells us that this area was affected by severe floods in 2013, killing four people and damaging hundreds of homes. Now, since then, the city has determined buyouts are the most effective way to protect the community from flooding, having purchased many of the homes deemed at a high risk. They say now that nearly a decade has passed, the nonprofit is looking forward to getting people back into the area and really building that community back up. So how much does a home through Habitat for Humanity cost? Well, through the home construction program, you can buy one for under $250,000. Realtor.com says the average home price here in Austin last month was $675,000. Now, there are some requirements to get that lower rate. The program is open only to U.S. citizens or legal permanent residents with a credit score of 620 or higher. You must be able to pay a mortgage and meet certain income requirements, and you must also commit 200 hours of volunteer time, and you must have lived and worked in the area for the past six months. You must also be a first-time homebuyer. Everything is back to normal at the Tesla factory, but a much different scene unfolded this morning. Here's a photo sent to us from a viewer showing the big response after reports of a possible shooting at the Gigafactory in southeast Travis County. Now, the Travis County Sheriff's Office says it got a call about an active shooter around 4 this morning. Workers got a text about 45 minutes later saying that they should take cover because of an active attacker. Law enforcement searched the building but didn't find any signs of a shooter or shots fired. Looking a little deeper now, the factory is over 10 million square feet, so large that it took a while for deputies to check that area to make sure there wasn't anything wrong. Traffic was also an issue while deputies conducted their investigation since there are only a few roads leading to the factory. We have not heard from Tesla, but we did ask for comment. 
first warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, as warm as it's been out there today, believe it or not, this is expected to be the coolest afternoon for the next one or two weeks, maybe even longer than that. It's 100 degrees on the dot with hazy sunshine on the Austonian weather cam. Today, if you're keeping track at home, we've now moved into a tie for second place for one of the longest heat waves in Austin history, 21 days in a row, tying with a couple other years. The all-time record, of course, is 27 days in a row. Very confident that we will break that next week. Temperatures right now, upper 90s to near 100 most areas, 99 up in Milam County, 98 in San Marcos and in Georgetown this evening. We're seeing a couple little puffy clouds showing up like popcorn on the uh, satellite and radar, but no rain heading our way for your Friday evening plans. I'll show you even hotter weather in your weekend forecast and wind temperatures peak as you make your plans coming up. All right, David, thank you very much. Well, part of the mission of KXAN News is to foster a more informed and engaged community. We deliver in-depth coverage on different topics that affect the daily lives of Central Texans. And one way to achieve those goals is providing access to leaders who make decisions that shape local policy. So today I sat down with Austin Mayor Kirk Watson. I asked him if the city of Austin is going to join the lawsuit against House Bill 2127, known as the Death Star Bill by detractors. San Antonio recently joined Houston in its litigation. The new law keeps cities from creating rules that go past what the state allows. Mayor Watson says he also opposes the bill, but there is no plan right now to join the other cities. I also am a firm believer that the, the cities are doing a good job. Uh, if you look at the growth of the state of Texas, the people that want to be here, uh, the economy of the state of Texas, the cities are uh, doing very well in that regard. So that bill, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to see that, that people, that cities are challenging that bill. And Watson adds the city will defend any cases that challenges Austin's ability for a city to do things the bill preempts. The woman who lied about being kidnapped for nearly 50 hours after saying she saw a child on the side of the road has been charged. What the police chief is now saying about Carly Russell's actions. Plus how a tick-borne illness can cause reactions to popular food items and why doctors aren't sure how to treat it. At Thomas J. Henry. The Alabama nursing student who claimed she was kidnapped after calling 911 to report a child on the road has now been charged with two misdemeanors today in connection with the hoax. Carly Russell is facing charges of false reporting to law enforcement authorities and falsely reporting an incident. The charges carried a bond of $1,000 each and are punishable by up to a year in jail and $6,000 fine if convicted. The Hoover City Police Chief says Russell's decisions, quote, created panic and alarm for the citizens of our city and even across the nation as concern grew that a kidnapper was on the loose using a small child as bait. The chief went on to say, quote, the story opened wounds for families whose loved ones really were victims of kidnappings. A potentially life-threatening allergy to red meat may impact almost half a million Americans, but nearly half of the doctors surveyed about it have no idea what it is or really how to treat it. According to the CDC, alpha-gal syndrome is a tick-borne illness that leads to allergic reactions from eating red meat, including meat of cows, deer, pigs, or goats. Some people also develop allergies to dairy and other byproducts from processing those animals. Symptoms of alpha-gal syndrome can be wide-ranging, including nausea, stomach cramps, or diarrhea. Some people will become itchy and develop hives. They may even become short of breath. Symptoms usually don't pop up until hours after eating meat because of how slowly the body digests it. One of the most prestigious universities in the world under investigation. 
How legacy admissions are top of mind following the end of affirmative action. On yet another rain-free July afternoon, here's a look at just how awfully dry we have been across the area this month. Much of the area, especially the metro, seeing less than 5% of our normal July rain, with no rain expected as we wrap the month in the next several days. We'll have your weekend forecast after this. KXAN News is brought... So-called legacy admissions where universities give students related to alumni a leg up could be on the chopping block. The Department of Education just agreed to investigate the practice at Harvard University after a group filed a complaint. Raquel Martin has the story. At some prestigious colleges and universities, the sons and daughters of wealthy alumni have the inside track to admission. It's harmful to applicants of color. Michael Kippins is with Lawyers for Civil Rights. He says now that the Supreme Court ended affirmative action for college admissions on the basis of race, universities must also stop giving preference to relatives of wealthy donors. Donor and legacy preferences overwhelmingly benefit white applicants and many of them are not as qualified. His group just filed a complaint with the Department of Education against Harvard University. The complaint alleges that applicants related to wealthy Harvard donors are seven times more likely to be admitted to the school. The Department of Education has very broad powers to ensure that programs and organizations that receive federal funding not discriminate. The Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights has agreed to investigate the complaint. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona tells me the practice is one of many being examined to ensure equal access to higher education. Historically, higher education has separated the have from the have-nots. We have to do better in this country. Virginia Congressman Bobby Scott and the Congressional Black Caucus are also pushing a bill to end all legacy admissions. Without affirmative action, these discriminatory factors cannot be tolerated. Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley agrees that legacy admissions don't make sense. That seems to me like a silly policy. But he says Congress should be focused on the biggest obstacle for most Americans, the high cost of college tuition. In Washington, Raquel Martin. And this comes after the Supreme Court's decision to end affirmative action. Cardona says now universities must rethink recruitment strategies, streamline the transfer system, and make school more affordable to ensure the admission of underserved students don't slide. Now, in terms of this investigation, Harvard says the university is working to ensure all of its admissions policies fall in line with this law. When it comes to shaking it off, no one does it quite like Taylor Swift and her fans. A Washington State researcher examined seismic wave data data from a station located outside of Lumenfield in Seattle where Swift performed concerts last weekend. Now she told the NBC station in Seattle the activity at the stadium on those nights caused seismic activity equivalent to a 2.3 magnitude earthquake. <laughs> it's not the first for the stadium. An impressive play by Marshawn Lynch in the Seahawks game back in 2011 did a similar thing. Unbelievable. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> there was also that uh, study last week. She, it said her t uh, her tour is affecting uh -huh. the U.S. economy. Really? Like boosting the economy. Oh, my goodness. And you're keeping up with all this. It's a, well, you, you know. <laughs> number one. Swifty, Our right? resident fan. Right. Hey, Dave, let's talk about the weekend. Here we go. Yeah, even hotter than today, which is hard to do. We're at 101 this afternoon in Austin. Let me take you outside this evening on the Domain Weather Cam. This is up at the Indeed building. 100 degrees on the dot with a few little puffy clouds. 
clouds. No rain heading our way anytime soon this evening. Here's what you need to know from our forecast. July ends in several days from now, and it's quite likely to end as Austin's hottest on record after we just had our hottest July in 125 years of record last summer. Triple-digit heat not only continues for the next week, but it's quite likely to continue for the next two weeks through the middle of August. We're talking the possibility of 40 days in a row, 50 days in a row, possibly almost doubling our all-time duration for longest heat wave in Austin. The only hope for change, which can be hard to detect several weeks out, maybe a tropical storm or hurricane bringing some rain. The chances of that we'll discuss in just a moment. Clouds and radar this evening, not much going on overhead. we got a couple sea breeze showers dying on their way here, kind of like we saw last night. Sinking air and heat on top of us from this high-pressure ridge, which is only getting more overhead and a little stronger this weekend into next week. This is why weekend temperatures look hotter than today's. Today was 101 so far. How about 104 tomorrow? 105 on Sunday. Sunshine, no rain to interfere with your plans, but maybe you do your outdoor activities a little earlier, unless it's Spartan Springs or the lakes that's got you outside later. The UV index well into the extreme category. Don't for, uh, forget to protect yourself and your family from the sun's rays. A hat, maybe long sleeves and lots of sunscreen. Don't forget to reapply as well. If you'll find yourself in the water, that can rinse off the sunscreen pretty quickly. Also, remember how dangerous hot car deaths can be. Texas, unfortunately, leads the nation in accidental hot car deaths. We always say look before you lock. As you're out and about doing errands, we never want to unintentionally, accidentally leave someone or a pet, for instance, in your back seat in an unattended car. Temperatures can get so dangerous inside of a locked hot car these days because look at them. Uh, they keep rising next week. Not only 105 by Sunday, but how about some records tied next week? 106s, 107s, and as I mentioned, this heat wave does not show any signs of breaking soon. August 5th through 11th, our two-week outlook now has a big bullseye of very likely hotter than normal temperatures. What's normal? 99 those days, so you can bet we're going to have more triple digits. We mentioned the tropics sometimes bringing relief in late July or early August. The bad news is, as of now, even though we have several disturbances that the National Hurricane Center is watching, nothing is coming to Texas anytime soon. Two disturbances with a very low, near zero chance of further development in the U.S. and Central America. Another one has a higher chance of turning into our next tropical system. But as you can see, it's going to bend around the Bermuda High and stay out to sea. The forecast track of this, if it does develop, way away from the U.S. at this time. Tonight's forecast, mild, mainly clear, one of the cooler nights of the last several, 76 degrees by morning. Tomorrow afternoon for your Saturday, hot, hazy weather, 104 degrees with just a few high clouds. Your seven-day forecast has temperatures that keep rising, not only during the daytime, but also at night. A couple of these, 78, 80 degrees, those could be record warm overnight lows, and it looks like we'll tie three daily record highs with hardly a cloud around next work week. Well, ahead, how an East Texas DNA lab helped Bastrop County crack a decades-old cold case. Tonight on News Nation, why conservatives can't stop talking about Barbie and why Dems insist on keeping Kamala Harris on the ticket. Plus, is the DeSantis campaign over? Bachelorette alum Rachel Lindsay and journalist Rick Sanchez join the panel. Tonight on Dan Abrams Live. Then on Banfield, we're digging through the alleged Long Island serial killer's violent web searches. Was he always on the hunt for prey? Plus, aliens are officially among us. So now what? What should you do if you see a UFO? Tonight on Banfield. Life moves fast.
Right now, we're taking a closer look at the nation's aging leaders and the impact on the campaign trail and on voter enthusiasm. Also, we go inside the nation's largest private employer to see how AI is streamlining their business on Nightly News. Yesterday, the Bastrop County Sheriff's Office announced it identified the body of Kathy Ann Smith, the victim in a homicide case from 1979. But it was Othrum, a DNA testing lab near Houston, that linked the exhumed remains to her. Othram's chief development officer, Kristen Middleman, says the lab became involved in the case last year after the sheriff's office exhumed the remains a second time to collect DNA samples. The first attempt in 2019 yielded insufficient samples. And by the start of 2023, Othram scientists had a DNA profile, and then by April, they had a lead on the body's identity. You know, you're giving back an answer to family that has waited for a very, very long time. Um, almost always decades at this point on these cold cases. And Othram has completed over 1,000 cases since it was founded in 2018. To read more about their work, just look for this story on KXAN.com. Tonight on Dateline at 8 o'clock, investigators desperately search for answers following a Valentine's Day dance. A 17-year-old is kidnapped and murdered. Here's a preview. The day of the dance, Rodney had finished his shift at a local gas station, gone home gotten dressed, and was headed over in his mom's Ford LTD to pick up Carla. She looked like a million dollars? Oh yeah, definitely. When she dressed up, she did it right. And with her, it really didn't take that much. They drove to dinner and then to the dance. The high school cafeteria was dressed up in pink and red. The theme? Love is a kaleidoscope. Come on, it was high school had a great time, danced the whole night. I remember Carla and Rodney coming in. We were all dancing on the floor together. Rodney and Carla seemed as in love as two teenagers can be. A couple of months earlier, Rodney had given Carla a promise ring. It meant a lot to me. It meant, I'm here, I'm yours, and I promise you. Back at the Walker house, Carla's mom and dad were playing dominoes with relatives. Her big sister Cindy and her little brother Jim were watching TV. It got to be 1 a.m. I heard a car hitting a curb, and then I heard Rodney's voice outside yelling, Mr. Walker, Mr. Walker, help me. A little bit after that, the front door's just pounding, you know, pound, 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 pound. So Jimmy and I both went to the front door together and opened it, and it was Rodney. And he had was bleeding from his head down his face, had blood all over his shirt, just screaming. And I looked over his shoulder like, where's Carla? And it's like, they've got her, they've got her, they've got her. I was like, who? Who's got her? All right, well, coming up tonight on KXAN, here's the rest of your lineup. We're going to have Hot Wheels at 7 o'clock, and then, of course, that Dateline NBC at 8 o'clock, and then we're back with KXAN News at 10. And, of course, you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin, and here's where to find us. One simple way to get high.